Amen. Aren't you thankful for Beulah Land this morning? One of my favorites. I know it's Hunter's favorite song. He's always, we got an old Southern Gospel CD in the car and he's always switching over. He calls it that song. So we always put it over on Beulah Land. He loves Beulah Land. Thankful for all of our fathers today. Amen. Dad, y'all stand up one more time this morning. I know we give all the moms a recognition, but y'all give them a hand again and stand up. You can be seated. Thank y'all dads and nothing better than a godly man, amen, that is leading his family. And, and I'm not really speaking a Father's Day sermon today, but I am preaching on a fire that motivates us to live for God. And we need some dads today that are on fire for Jesus Christ, Amen. Uh, when a dad is fired up for Jesus Christ and using his gift for God, his family will follow him. And, and so many times just, just the example that dads are sitting before their kids, and, and not even your kids, but to people around you. So many times we forget what we're showing people, amen? Sometimes the world, all they see, they never hear a verse, they may never hear a sermon, but they watch our lives, amen? And that's the sermon that they see, and that's what they... Look at the church today. I put a little saying on the, uh, on the screen today about advancing the church and the kingdom of God. If we want to see the kingdom of God being advanced today. It said the kingdom of God is not going to advance with our churches being filled with people. But by people in our churches being filled with God. Amen. And how true that is today. We can have a house full but God is looking for people that are stirred up and on fire for Jesus Christ. And I know this sermon, when I say that on fire for Jesus Christ, there, there's, that's, that's, not, that's, not quote, that's not status quo today to be on fire for Jesus. Amen? I mean, it's, we need to be above average and be on fire for Jesus Christ. There's nothing greater that you can have your life on fire for that is Jesus Christ. We get so excited about worldly things. Amen? And, and there's nothing wrong about it. We need to get excited about our sports and our schools and, and activities. And Man, I love to hunt and fish and I get excited when it starts cooling off. Me and Hunter was riding the mule yesterday and he said, Man, Dad, I'm ready for deer season. I said, Son, it's only June. He said, yeah, but I could be ready. <laughs> and we need to be excited about them things, but we've got to have our priorities straight. Listen, this world today and the country and the direction that it's going and, and the church today and the worship, we put a lot of the worship on, well, the praise team don't lead us in worship or I'm just not into that music. That's nothing but excuses. The reason we don't worship is we're not on fire for Jesus. When our, when our hearts are excited for Jesus, we'll worship Him. When your heart's on fire for Jesus, you'll come to church on Sundays or Wednesdays or a Bible study. It's all about right here being on fire in here. It's not about, listen, I, when I preach, I'm not up here performing for you. Amen? I want you to know that, church. I'm not performing. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to preach the Word of God. Now, in the Word of God, we're going to, He's going to make us joyous and happy. Amen? The happiest I ever get is when I line my life up with God's will. That's the happiest I have ever been. Amen. The unhappiest I've ever been is when I'm fighting against God's will and fighting against His convictions and fighting against His Holy Spirit, fighting against priorities in my life. That's the most unhappiest I, I, I've ever been. And, and, and there may be people in here today and there's people all over the world that are fighting that. Fighting just to give God their stuff. Huh, mostly their heart, Amen. 
And so Paul, I'm going to be preaching here a minute in 2 Timothy. I love, I can't get away from 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul was motivating Timothy because he had seen Timothy's fire go out. Or burn way down. It was just barely warm. How many of y'all like a good hot fire? I mean, if you've ever been around deer camp or you're out camping, man, there's nothing better to have a big old fire blazing up. You don't even have to stand right on it. You stand back and feel the heat off of it. And I remember... Growing up as a kid, when we'd be, we went out camping one time on Warstall, and it was early spring. It was like spring break, but it was early, early spring, and we had a big old fire going that night, and we slept in tents. And man, got up, and, and you're talking about shivering cold. Man, there was, I thought a tent would, would protect you better than that. Man, the dew got on the inside from, believe it or not, my hot air. Amen. And that dude was dripping off in the morning. It was cold. And I, I said, i got to get up to that fire. And I went out there to that fire. And that fire just, uh, you, I mean, I got right down on my knees. and got real close. Going, man, come on. And I had to stir that fire up. And it looked like it was out. But underneath all the white ashes and different things that was in the fire from the night, there was some orange red coals in the bottom of it. And for me to get that fire started again, I didn't go get a big old giant log, you know, big old giant two, three logs and throw right on top of the little embers. I would have crushed them. I had to start out with small stuff. And if anybody knows, the best way to start a, pine, uh, start a fire is get some good rich pine. I mean, it's like putting gasoline on it. And we'd take our knife and we'd just shovel off just a little bit of pine and get that on there and it would start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Before long I could add more stuff and more stuff on there. But it started off, what I had to do is I had to stir up the coals in the bottom of that fire to ever get the fire burning again. And that's the same way in our spiritual life. Timothy was in this place. In 2 Timothy, uh, Paul is saying, stir up the gift of God that's in you, Timothy. And we need churches and preachers today to challenge us to stir up our gift. Amen? Listen, as your pastor, I don't want you to sit there cold. And if you want me to let you sit there cold, there's something wrong with you and me both. I mean, as a pastor challenging and preaching God's Word, we should want our hearts stirred for the things of God. How many agree with me today? Amen? How many would love to be stirred up about the things of God in your life? And we need to, we need to, the, the church has got away from challenging people to be on fire because if you're on fire for Jesus, you some quack. I'm not talking about doing crazy stuff, church. I'm talking about being the dad. I need to be and showing my children Christ in my everyday walk. Is that a quack? That's Jesus. Showing my wife that I love her. Being on fire. Because when I'm on fire, my family's on fire. That's the way it works. You say, well, my family's not on fire. I'm having trouble with my teens. They don't read their Bible. They won't pray. I'm, I'm dragging them to church. Then stir up your gift, mom and dad. Stir up your gift of God. And you watch them little coals go from here. It's the same way as leaders in this church. Don't ask, well, I don't know why I can't people come to my class or come to this and do this. Because they're watching your fire. <laughs> when your fire is just little coals and it's barely burning and you're nonchalant and you're casual and you don't care about things of Christ, people are not going to care about the things of Christ in your ministries. Dwayne, what do it look like? And you say, well, how did the men's ministry... Man, y'all got a big group of men down there. Because there's some men being stirred by God. 
Now, when I talk about being stirred by God, I'm not talking about working in church. You don't stir yourself and stir the gift of God by doing more for Him. People think, well, if I can stir myself up in God, I got to go to, I'll just, uh, I'll go to church and work on this committee. I'll work in this. I'll help in church camp. I'll go here. I'll do Bible school. I'll work on Wednesday nights with the kids. I'll sweep. I'll mop. I'll, I'll, I got to stir. That's not, you got to stir it up in here. Before you can ever stir up the outward works of God, your faith has to be stirred up in Jesus Christ first. Amen? It's got to be, we got to be, we all need to be motivated. Have you ever seen somebody being, well, there's motivational speakers, coaches at halftime give motivational speeches. There's been some great players come out from a first half of a ball game and didn't score but three points in the second half. You say, wow, they had 37 points, 16 rebounds. What happened to them guys? They got motivated. Now, here's the deal in your spiritual walk. We need to be motivated for the right reasons. See, you can have motivation and still do the wrong things. You've got to be motivated for the right reasons. There was these two cowboys I read this week. We're riding their horse. This cowboy came up on this real old man riding a mule, an old pack mule. And the young cowboy got off of the horse and grabbed his two six-shooters out of his pocket and said, listen here. He said, fella, get off your horse right now. Get off your old mule right now. He said, the old man climbed down real slow and got down and hobbled over here. And he said, okay. He said, now, he said, have you ever danced? And the guy said, no. He said, well, you're fixing to. He cocked both of them six shooters and went to shooting on the ground. Boom, 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 boom. Man, the old man just went to dancing. The young guy was just laughing. He was pointing over at his buddies over here and laughing and shooting and shooting and shooting. And went click, 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 click. He pointed the other gun at him and went click, 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 click. The old man just walked back over to his mule, reached in his scalper and got a big old double barrel shotgun. Pointed it right at the young cowboy and said, have you ever kissed a mule? He said, no, sir, but I would love to. Amen. <laughs> now, God's not going to point a gun at us to motivate us like that. But we need to be motivated from the inside by the Holy Spirit. It all starts by God motivating us on the inside. Listen, every Sunday, you were motivated to be at church because the Holy Spirit, something rose up in you today and said, hey, as for your house, you need to be in church. And the Holy Spirit rose up. That's how the Holy Spirit motivates us to read our Bible, to teach a class, to, to lead, just to pray. We've got to be, it's got to start. Motivation has got to come from the Spirit of God. If it's not coming from the Spirit of God, then you're going to fall out very quick. You're going, your fire is going to get cold. Because listen, the more, you, the more things you put inside your spirit, the godly things, the bigger your fire is going to get. How many of y'all believe that this morning? I mean, we need a church to stay on fire, not just a quick burner. Amen? I'm not looking for a quick burn church. A church that just continually keeps putting wood on the fire. We don't have to have the biggest fire in the community. Amen? Just a fire that's hot. A hot fire. We don't have to... I don't want to walk around and say, look at our fire. Our fire is bigger than yours. That's not why I preach. Hey man, I, I could care less if this church down the road, you know, and this, this, is, this, is, this is what's happening, and this is where Satan is really digging in the church, especially among preachers. When I got into preaching, I thought, I'm a preacher, I'm in the ranks of a pastor. Everybody's going to love, preachers love each other. Wrong. Some preachers hate each other. They're jealous, they're angry, 
You say, how do you know? I've, I'm down 70 here. They, some of them, they not, they very protective. You see one of them and invite them to your church? Make sure he comes back now. He can go there one Sunday and that's it. Hey, if God's not leading you to this church, you don't need to be here anyway. Amen? If your fire is not being fueled by the Spirit of God, I could care less if we had 100 and the assembly God had 450. I'm not going to look at that preacher differently, Rick, and say, well, I can't believe I got four. I can't talk to him. Hey, this is all about kingdom work. This is where Satan has got his sidetracked. It's more than these four walls. The kingdom of God is bigger than this building. It's not about how many we pack in. Amen? Or you're bigger than I'm bigger, I'm littler than you. It's not about that. It's about how many souls are we impacting for the kingdom of God. That's what our church... Are you impacting your family about the kingdom of God? Does your family have a ho-hum attitude about church? Or... Let's back up. Maybe you got that attitude about church and reading and all. I'm going to preach a few sermons coming up called being overwhelmed by God. It's going to be great. It's going to be great two or three sermons of how we truly should be living for Jesus. Because listen, the church today is not really putting that pattern out about what God wants for the church. God don't want us to be bored to death. Amen? He don't want us to walk around cold hearted and not love and having no compassion. But today the church has got that away. We think because we're busy, we're spiritual. And that's not true. Being busy don't make you more spiritual. Amen? i got to read a verse. Let's go to that one, Tina, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Here's Paul speaking to Timothy. He could see. And you could probably see people in this church. You may have been able to see it in your own heart. You might see it in your wife's heart. Wives, you may see it in your husband's heart. You might see it in your kids. You might see it in someone else that goes to this church here. But you can see that they're starting to cool off for Jesus Christ. And and Paul's seen this with Timothy. And here's what he wrote this to him. He said, when I call to remembrance, he's speaking to Timothy here. He said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, he said, I'm persuaded, Timothy, it's in you too. I was there the day you give Jesus Christ your heart. I was there when you got saved. Your, your grandma Lois went to church. Your mama Eunice. They were godly women, spiritual women. They were filled with the Spirit. And, and Timothy, you have the Spirit of God in you. But he says, therefore I remind you. And this is, we all need to be reminded, amen? We all need to be reminded that we need to stir up the gift of God which is in you by the laying on my hands. He said, see, doing this church thing can get real monotonous. This spiritual walk with Jesus can get very routine. Sometimes we make it really boring. And you know what? I think God's sitting up in heaven going, you're bored and you ain't got a clue what it's about. You're the one bored because I'm not. Sometimes I think God's not bored because He has to keep up with us. So thankful for His love and grace that He don't give up on us. Amen? When I get into a cold spell or a routine and I don't pray to Him every day like I should. (gasps) Or read my Bible every day like I should. Or 
give Him thanks for all these worldly things that He's blessing me with. Amen? I'm thankful He never gives up. Because listen, I'm, I'm telling you, if you're husband or wife, you didn't thank them. Here, here's, here's, what, here, here's George's theology. Alright, this is GIV version. But sometimes if I told God and thanked Him for what He did me, if I told my wife that much, sometimes they'd leave us. From no more than what we tell them. No more appreciate. They'd be upset at us all the time if we didn't tell, if we used our wife as God, like we tell God, we'd have some rough marriages. Amen? But God doesn't view it that way. God is love. Amen? And He said, I see it in you, Timothy. You're saved. The Holy Spirit is in you. You ask Jesus in your heart. You're born again. It's in you. He's not telling me He's not saved. You, gotta stir, you can't stir something up that you don't have. Amen? So he's a saved child of God because he says, stir up that gift of God. Now, this, that, the, the gift of God, when, when, when you get saved, you accept the gift of God as a free gift. But at, the, at conversion, you receive a supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit to be able to work and serve and talk and walk and, and do what you do for Jesus. It's called the gifts of the Spirit. And they are different than the gift of salvation, okay? Salvation gets us into heaven, but we've got to have the other gifts to work while we're here. Amen? And so, he, he says, he's not, but he's not encouraging Timothy to go to the church and start working hard. That will not fire you up. Amen? Doing a Bible school, doing this. I've got to get busy. Boy, I'm getting cold. And the first thing that pops in our mind when we get cold-hearted is to work more in church. I've got to show up and help them men do this or clean this. Or, that's not all. You're going to work yourself up, but you're not building no fire. It starts in our hearts. One-on-one -on -one with Jesus Christ. If you can, listen, church, if we can ever get this church body to get excited about spiritual things, get excited about Bible study, get excited about the Connect class, get excited about all of our Sunday school, and show up and study, we wouldn't have enough rooms to put anybody for Sunday school. When we get to that point as a church and we're filling up and people are hot for the things of God, for the Word of God, that God, then God will start doing great things with His church. When people get on fire for the Word of God. We take it so much for granted. There's churches in China today that meet at 2 in the morning under one light bulb hanging off electricity, one wire, one bulb, and they study. Now, this wouldn't fly at Pleasant Hill Baptist. David Platt that wrote... Y'all go out and buy David Platt's book, Radical. See if the church is close to being on fire. Having a building full of people don't mean you're on fire. David Platt said he went to a missionary trip over into one of these places, Hong Kong, China, and, and they were killing them. And pastors and preachers and congregations and, and Christians for presenting the Bible. And so they, he found an underground church and they wanted him to come speak at it. And he went and he went to go at 2 in the morning. And he opened up and he said they were sitting in a dirt floor. These other men, about 20 men and women, maybe a little more, maybe 30, all packed in this building sitting. You can't, you up, shoot. If I took the chairs out of here, y'all wouldn't come to church. Yeah, I ain't sitting on the ground. They sit on the ground in that house with their Bibles open. 
and couldn't wait for David Platt to start preaching and teaching the Word of God. Where do you want to start at, he said. They said, let's start in the front. He said he taught for eight hours straight until the morning. Eight hours teaching and preaching. And he closed his Bible and said, we'll start tomorrow night. They didn't want to. They wanted to keep going. They were so hungry. They wanted God so bad. He went another four, 12 hours teaching and preaching. Why, if we did that, I go to 1230. I got people on my back. 12 hours. You say, well, that's being a little radical, Brother George. You're taking, we need radical people for Jesus today. Amen. This cold-hearted stuff of giving him 30 minutes and thinking you're going to be blessed and why am I not close? It don't work. We need to be on fire for Jesus. Listen, this church thing we're doing for two hours on Sunday, it's nothing like 12 hours sitting in a floor at 2 in the morning. Well, you know, they, they, don't, they don't have to work like me. How do you know? See, the first thing when I preach a sermon like this is, the devil starts throwing excuses. Of why we can't be what we need to be in Christ. It's happening. I can see it on your faces right now. The devil's throwing, well, Brother George, I can't. You know, I do this and I'm over this. See, that's why. Because the devil, listen, the devil's very good. If, if he can't stop you from being saved, he'll keep you average. Keep you average for him. Keep you cold. Keep you not desiring and hungering for the thing. And I'm talking about the simple thing. I'm, not, I'm just talking about coming to church and opening your Bible and just praying to Him. Just speaking a word to Him. Thanking Him. Just, let's, 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 let's take the church out. How about just a relationship with Him? Just a relationship. He desires that so much for you this morning. Amen? And I know I'm getting... I, I, I probably didn't put our none there. I'm preaching something totally different. That's all right. If the devil can keep us from being saved, he'll do the next best thing to make us content with the average. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want an average church. Amen. They're all around this state. I'm sick of them. Yeah, you need to do it like we do it. You need to ease up a little bit brother George you need to quit being so challenging and on fire and if well, I tell you what you wouldn't preach in our church like that you know why that's why I'm at Pleasant Hill there's another half of that story I don't want to preach in your church amen if it's going to be a chosen frozen chosen I don't want to be there I want to preach to people that are on fire that want God, want more of God than they want of themselves. They want more of God for their family. They want to see their kids grow up to be godly men, godly women. Not to run around. Amen? Because this generation we're raising today, they get to do what they want to do. I see it on Hunter. Man, ask him just to clean his room. It's like pulling teeth. I, I don't know why I got to clean the thing. You know, you know I got to go here too. You're not going nowhere till you get it cleaned. You say that's being a little old. Sometimes we need to be a little old fashioned with our kids. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you, church, 
throwing discipline at your kids and trying to get them on fire for Jesus in no fashion. They were doing it in the book of Acts in the first church. That's why 3,000 souls and 5,000 souls were being saved and baptized and added daily to the church. There's nothing wrong with being old-fashioned when it comes to worshiping in your faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes today we have so many conferences and so much stuff going on and offered to the church, it pulls us plumb away from our being on fire and our relationship with Jesus. 27 tips to help grow a church. I see it all the time in preacher magazines. There's writers getting rich off of tips. <laughs> There's 66 tips in this book. Amen? They're right here. And it was inspired and spoken to men to write by the Holy Spirit. When I look back at Acts, that's the perfect church. I think about the book of Acts. They were on fire for Jesus and they were being persecuted. The harder the church would be persecuted, the further it would spread out and they'd make another one and start studying. They would start preaching and teaching, doing it in their own houses late at night, afraid the Romans were going to come or whoever the Jews were going to come and break them up. They'd go. To, that's how the gospel spread so far. Just choo, 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 choo. And we can't even get it to spread on the other side of 70. Maybe we need to be persecuted a little. Amen? Because sometimes we get real comfortable. How's the air this morning, church? That killed me last week. I'm not going to that church. It's just too hot. Hell's a lot hotter, amen? Wish he'd hurry up. It's burning me up in here. But you go sit on a beach and fish in 110. Amen? But we can't sit in the house of God. That's where the church is at. See, it's all in our perspective. It's all in our perspective. And it's what the de- So what are you feeding off of this morning? The things the devil give you? Are you hungering and thirsting for the things of God? Amen? I'm not preaching. I've got to quit. I'm not, I'm not going to go an hour today because I want to pray for our camp. But listen, church, let's pray about our spiritual temperature in our church. Pray about your spiritual... Where are you at spiritually? You say, Brother George, I used to be. Then there's a problem right there. That's where the problem's at. If you used to be on fire, you used to be excited, that's what you need to go back to there. Amen? Quit giving God excuses. Because listen, when we stand in front of Jesus one day, guys, I want to let you in a little secret. You're not going to blame it on Susie and Joe and Bill. You're going to stand and answer face to face with Jesus Christ. Why am I not on fire for Him? Why was you not excited about my relationship? There's going to be a lot of churches, Mary, <laughs> answer to God one day why they wasn't on fire for Jesus. Well, you know, we just don't, we want to be, you can be reverent and be on fire. We need to understand what reverence is. Reverence isn't meaning because you raise your hand, oh, we don't, we're, we don't want to unreverent. That's, some of us need to get lower with God to get bigger with God. The whole problem is pride. It's not about raising hands, sitting there, crying, laughing. The devil has got that screwed up in the church over preferences. It's not about that. It's about right here. And when I stand in front of God one day, I'm going to stand in account for everything I preach. 
It may not. And, and you know, and here's my here's my devotion to God. I don't care if it didn't sound like Baptist. <laughs> Chew on that a little bit, Baptist. But you know what? The reason I don't want to be like Baptist because I've been around Baptist all my life. They make a pair of own verses. <laughs> Amen. I want to come straight from the Word of God. Amen. This is what endures. This is what stands past wars, Levi. This is what stands over any, I don't care what's coming at this nation, your family, this will never pass away. Two things will be in heaven when we get there. You will be, if you're saved, in this book. Jesus Christ will be sitting there We'll be worshiping Him. This book will be in heaven. You say, well, I just don't have time to read it. Well, you know what? You're going to have all eternity to read it. <laughs> Amen? So why don't we start today saying, Lord, set a fire in my bones. Lord, set me on fire for my kids. I don't want my kids no more to run around acting like they don't care about church, God, or His Word. Help me, Lord. But see, it's got to start with me.